0: Welcome to another episode of Comedy Wham Presents with me, your host, Valerie, coming to you from the 2023 Moon Tower Just for Laughs Comedy Festival. My sometime co-hosts, Ms. Purrington and Mookie, are resting at home. ComedyWham.com is your place to go for features about all Austin comedy. In addition to podcasts, we bring you articles, album reviews, our advice column Rochelle takes on comedy, a festivals page, and an FPIA page where you can see the history of the long-running Austin contest. And you'll find all of the best comedy shows on our events pages for Austin, Houston, and DFW. If you're a comic in those cities and want your show featured on the calendar, click Submit a Show at the top of our homepage to complete the short survey. Tag us on your Instagram stories and we will share your show promo. Follow us on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and Facebook at Comedy Wham. Looking for ways to support all of these resources that we provide? You can donate to Comedy Wham on PayPal, Venmo, or even Patreon. Search for Comedy Wham on Patreon and check out our subscriber perks. Now let's get back to our podcast. Launched in 2016, the podcast project brings you funny people and their stories. As a fan, I like to delve into a comic's background and motivations, and will usually take a detour along the way. Consider the interview a way for you to get to know the folks that make the Austin comedy scene as fascinating offstage stage as it is on stage. If you like this podcast, please rate and review us. This background music is hilarious. Okay, today we are recording live on location at the Driscoll Hotel. We met this comic last year at the 2022 Moon Tower JFL and then chatted with her again when she was uh, coming in to headline Cap City over the New Year's weekend. Be sure to go back and listen to our episodes with her. Listen to her judo award-winning album Little Bit of Buttle and her podcast Obsessed with Sophie Buttle. You now know her name. She's been on The Late Show with James Corden. She's been touring all over the country and I'm excited to sit down with her again. We're gonna give Jeremiah Watkins a run for his money because he's up to six episodes with us and now you're at three and she just uh, Recorded her first special with Crave last year, and we hope we see that that's released very soon. And now Comedy Wham, Wham presents, welcome back, our guest Sophie Buddle.
1: Thank you. welcome. You. You. <laughs> yeah, I just did the Tonight Show, too, like two <gasps> weeks ago. Oh, exciting. Yeah, exciting. so exciting. I mean, it's like late night stuff is always, always a big deal for Canadian comics, especially. Yeah. It's like really... Because yeah. we don't have anything like that in Canada, so that's <laughs> pretty pretty yeah. sweet. Um, how how's your festival? How your, well, good, good, good.
0: Yeah? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's intense. You go between shows and then recording the interviews totally. in the daytime. And, yeah. And in my case, going to my son's swim meets yeah. in the mornings <laughs> on the weekends. Oh, weekend. he swims too. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's great. And so do you just have one son?
0: Just one, yeah.
1: Yeah, and then so you guys watch... Your Law and Order together. And we watch
0: our and law then he swims, and order. swims around. And then he sw- <laughs> <laughs> yes. Busy, busy. Yes, and then he debates on top of that. And, and so,
1: so my boyfriend's mom always says that, you know, whenever whenever my, my boyfriend's name is Mace, whenever Mace really says anything, she goes, let's not debate right now. Oh. And then he just gets so like, <laughs> and so is it like that? Or does he does your son do actual debates? Oh, or he, he does he, actual debates. Okay, yeah. I, you don't mean it as like a, Yeah, I mean, he does that too.
0: He's also, 16, yes. so yeah. 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 Yes, there's, there's, yes, chatty and combative sometimes. Combative, yeah, that's but, the word. But you know, in general, he's, he's definitely a good kid. It is
1: fun to pull out though if my boyfriend says anything that you know <laughs> to disagree with me. I'm like, let's not have one of your debates right now. It really irks
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Well, congratulations on the the Late Show. I did not realize that, but I think in doing my refresher homework, I think I saw that set. Oh and yeah. So I, I don't know why. I'd, well, I know why I didn't put it on here because I was in a rush. And no, I no, used not a your, big deal. Your credits from last
1: year. I and mean, twice. I'm happy with any with Eddie <laughs> credits.
0: So uh, you came here, uh, what do I want to do, because uh, when I have people back, I don't want to you know, go through all the same stuff that we've already gone through, I just want to talk. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, let's
1: talk, let's talk. Well the thing is, I've been on the road basically since I saw you last, like yeah. I'm, I'm a real road dog, I've been on the road like every weekend, I feel like I've seen all of America now. Yeah. And I'm on the road for the next 60 weeks or something. So now basically my goal is to get a, a good writing job so that I have to cancel a bunch of tour dates <laughs> so that I can just stay somewhere and just get some money. Yeah. But now the writer strike is about to oh, happen. Yeah. So it's really bad timing. Yeah.
0: yeah, so you'll be touring around the country until that's resolved. I think so. I
1: think there's a couple, a couple different... Um, Like workarounds for that. Like I know a couple shows that have found a way to like categorize themselves as unscripted or or whatever. And I'm not. I'm not in the writers' unions. I think I can do like non-union work, but it's not good to. You know, it's good to have solidarity. Right. And I have stand-up dates, so it would be a pretty bad time to. Suddenly switch. Yeah. But it might be a good time for Canada stuff too. Like I might pitch oh, TV show true. ideas to Canadian networks. It might be our time to try. Yeah.
0: So you're you're essentially yeah. navigating a whole new industry by being now based in the US. Yeah. Because you've you've mentioned several times how well it's not like that in Canada. You know, yeah. they don't do this in, in Canada. So having to learn
1: I don't know if we've ever even had a, a writer's guild strike in Canada. Like there was one time that comedians tried to unionize And then it just fell apart so quickly because all the clubs were like, okay, well we'll just book the newer comics because everyone's itching to do it. And so we were like, no, 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 we'll do it, we'll do it. And I heard there was one time that um, the comedians in LA tried to unionize or something, and then I think somebody, yeah, I think somebody died. (laughs) No disrespect, I think just that it did happen. So, yeah, it's. I mean, I, you know, stand with union. Both my parents are school teachers, so I love unions, obviously. Yeah. But, yeah. but, um, it is tricky. I was, like, I was trying to learn about it because I, I, listened to a lot of political podcasts and there was, like, I think an episode of The Daily or Today Explained that Fully was covering all the stuff in the writer's strike yeah. and what, what they want and, and how it's likely to last a really long time because like the streamers are in a really that's good position right. because like streaming services often often bank quite a lot of shows. So they have content for quite a while. Yeah. And so they can afford to sort of sit on that's why they had so much stuff at the beginning of the pandemic. Like they put out Tiger King and, and like you know, Love is yeah. Blind, all these things, they just had it already. Yeah. And so everyone was like, Oh, pandemic's easy, look how much content we have. Yeah. and then it just ran out and everyone was like Okay. Let's
0: and that's the streaming thing is the nature of, of the strike, too. Because if you write for a show that streams yeah. only versus a televised yeah. show, the pay disparity is
1: massive. Massive, yeah. So I, I'm told that Netflix is open to paying more upfront. I think that mm. Netflix is going to be more, it's going to play ball with that. Yeah. But, but it is true. And then the, the benefit to, to the way that it is now is that people were not getting paid. Based off of how good something did, which is like uh. good because most shows are not a hit and yeah. so you still get paid a fair amount. Right. But it's bad because it's like if you're on a show that is a hit, like you want to get a, a yeah. bonus or yeah. something. Uh. So yeah, I think it's pretty interesting. It's a yeah. pretty nuanced industry. Yeah. But writers are, are asking for quite a lot, which I think is really good. They're, they're supposed to be kind of one of the more aggressive labor unions. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense, you know. Everyone's writing, yeah. Uh, write down their demands, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I have been dying to know since you came in for for the headlining shows uh, in Cap City or at Cap City. I wrote you a list of recommended restaurants because you had said I need recommendations for restaurants. So, which restaurants did you end up hitting up? I or do you remember food
1: at the Cap City oh. Comedy? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, so well, it was in, it was right in that it was right in that complex yeah. and we didn't have a car so we went to a couple oh. different places in that little complex. Okay. But I I didn't go crazy with it. Was it was there things near here that you told me to hit up? Um I honestly don't remember. i have to go back and look <laughs> at messages. Well, another thing is because I don't have a driver's license. Ah. Is it, I don't ever ride cars, but I just got my learner's permit. Ooh. Very big deal for me. I know. Suck it, your sixteen-year-old son, I know, right? He <laughs> does he wait? Does he already have his driver's no. license? Okay, he's there dragging he his feet. That's,
0: oh, I'm gonna tell him now. Uh, yeah, now it's look.
1: dire. I yeah. would take that to my teen nieces and or my teen cousins. Like, if I have a like, yeah. now you really gotta
0: get into high gear. Do you have a timeline for when you get your...
1: your I think they said I have to wait a year or something. It's uh, like in Canada, like the BC rules. Uh, ah. Yeah. Wait. British Columbia. No, no. I, yeah. d- <laughs> I, mean, I never know what Americans know about <laughs> No,
0: I mean, you're getting your license under Canadian driving rules? Is that what you said? Yeah,
1: yeah. I just, I, I had oh. some time. I was there for the Just for Laughs festival there. Yeah. And, and I was like, wouldn't that be so random if I got my driver's license? And so I went... And it was like pretty easy. It was like multiple choice. It was just a pretty, you know, yeah. you could download an app and then practice the test a few times. And I just went and I was like, this it's is a BuzzFeed so quiz. Well, this is the thing. It's like I never pictured myself driving because it just seems like a lot of like paying attention. It seems like a lot of looking forward, which is like something that my eyes dart around a lot. And I was like, people will die. Yeah. But then I realized I had I created a new narrative for myself where it's like, what if I was booting around town in a little red card when Ben chose. And so I hadn't considered that I could have a little red car, oh. and so now, I, now I'm going to do it. And <laughs> does your boyfriend drive? Yes, he loves to drive. Oh, okay. think I think, right. I so think men love to drive.
0: Yeah, yeah. Except for my son.
1: Except for your son. Yeah, yeah but soon. We'll get there. Yeah. We'll yeah. get there. Am yeah. I allowed to call an audible. <laughs> sure. We have not given her the full treatment of allowing her to do a follow-up icebreaker. Oh. Sure, sure. follow oh, a Icebreaker? Yeah, so
0: uh, last year I, I asked you one word to describe your past. My so past. if you had to pick one today, what would your one word be?
1: One word to describe my past. Uh, unenlightened. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Which I don't fully buy. You're listening to political podcasts and, and educating yourself.
1: I've always really liked politics, but I feel enlightened now. And I don't know what it is exactly, but I feel I feel like I know what life's about. <laughs> I have been thinking a lot about like why like why we exist, like in a more oh. kind of existential way. Yeah. And I really think that we exist to laugh. And it's like of course a comedian is gonna be yeah. peddling that kind of narrative. Sure, sure. But because we are kind of the only species that can think about the universe and really fathom our own existence and stuff it's so sort of dreadful and heavy and and you're so aware that you're here for such a small amount of time
0: yeah.
1: I think that that's funny Like I think that being able to know all that and then laugh is such a relief and I think that it's such a like knowing the gravity of it and then being able to laugh is such a bigger relief than not knowing and laughing at something else. Yeah. And so I think that like pure deep laughter is is the reason that we exist. Because it's like, why else why else would it be? I yeah. love that. I love that. Well it, it is such a comedian. Like it's truly it's, yeah. it's justifying my job that I should have <laughs> gone to university instead, but <laughs> How does
0: it feel being a, a sophomore at moon tower jfl this year do you feel like completely
1: different about it than you did last year? It feels really fun. I really seriously love this festival. I love Colleen the the booker. She's yeah. Canadian too. Yeah. And it, it I love the, I love festivals when everything is walkable, like all the venues mm-hmm. are walkable because you're running into all your comics, all, all your comic yeah. friends, everyone's on their it feels like the Olympic village. Like we're all we're all in the same hotel. We're all going to our little events uh-huh. and stuff. Except yeah. nobody's hooking up because Comedians don't have Riz. <laughs> Are you guys using Riz? You know about Riz? I don't know what that is. It's short for charisma, but it's like, he's got Riz. Like, it's like he's got swagger whatever. I'll have like, to like, ask my teenager, because he knows lingo. He'll know Riz. He'll know He'll Riz. Know Riz? Uh, okay. Yeah, I just right. taught my dad Riz, and he loves it. Okay. <laughs> he's it a lot. Yeah. I, I teach my dad, like, one slang term a year. Yeah. And so this year was Riz. This year was Riz. Last year was thirsty. Like, it was, if someone's, like, thirsty. I <laughs> Yeah, and then I, as soon as I thought of that, he was like, oh my god, my ex-wife Robin's so thirsty. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if you're using it right, and yeah. if you are, that's disturbing. <laughs> Let's not bring that
0: up. <laughs> I don't know if I was just exhausted last year by the time we sat down, but you seem just so light and like
1: carefree this year compared (laughs) to last year. Maybe, yeah. I mean, as soon as you've been somewhere before, I definitely feel more comfortable and I have some friends here this year. Like last year I made a really good friend, Ali Uh Makovsky, who is still one of my good friends. And then this year, I wouldn't, I don't know if I made a new friend. But my friend Emil Joaquin is here, who yes. I love. He's a New York comic. He's okay. amazing. And, oh, and my friend Andrea Jin, too, who's also from Canada. Oh, yeah. And so it's nice to have, like, real, real friends at festivals now because yeah. when you move to a new country, like, there's there's always people that you know, that like, from passing from and stuff. But when you have actual, real-life friends, it makes such a huge difference in, in ambiance. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, I was just introduced to Andrea uh, just this past week, the local newspaper the free local newspaper they put out their recommendations for moon tower comics and yes. she she was on the list.
1: Oh cool. So yeah. That's awesome. Cool. Yeah, she's amazing. She's yeah. So funny. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: Uh and you seem to be booked on way more shows this year than last year. So you've been really busy.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've just um trying to get some trying to get some heat going trying to get some momentum going like yeah. it's it, it's really it's really the same on every level of showbiz whether you're like an A-list celebrity or like an you know up and coming comic you kind of never know when you're gonna have some heat and so when you do have it you have to sort of say yes to everything that's why you see like you're like why would Danny DeVito do a Verizon commercial but it's like (laughs) even at that level they're like they don't know when they're going to be the person the go-to person and so that you got to say yes to stuff and and bank some money because it's so inconsistent even if you're big like big people are going up against other big people for the same job so whoever has a little bit of heat is that that could be the deciding factor on whether or not you're working And so, I'm keeping myself very busy, but, you know, I'm hoping that this busyness turns into something a little bit more consistent. Yeah,
0: for sure. And I saw you at Surrounded, which is Mike Falzone's crowd work show. Yes. And for people that don't know what it is, it's, you have a comic standing in a circle surrounded by the audience, and it's, it's crowd work in a, in the way that, Instead of the audience shouting suggestions at you, you are observing the audience and making the them out of <laughs> that. Yeah. And uh, as you were walking on towards the stage, or maybe before the, the show, we were talking. Like. I'm not really a crowd work person. No, I'm not. <laughs> so were you terrified when you were asked to do it?
1: Well I've done a couple before. I've done his before. Oh, okay. I oh, did, that's why
0: you did the Vancouver. You I mentioned. did it in
1: Vancouver. I've done Jeremiah Watkins one where oh. people do shut stuff out. Yeah. But I'm not like when I'm out doing an hour, like it's I won't usually do a, a ton of crowd work. A lot of comics yeah. that like to post clips will do crowd work so that they don't have to burn material when they wanna put stuff on the yeah. internet. But I haven't really done a big round of clips yet, so that hasn't been a, yeah. a, a need. It, it does seem like most comics to do that is because they're doing clips online. Yeah. I don't think that if we had our druthers, we would be doing crowd work cause it's. Yeah. I mean, unless you have like improv background, but I think you know the art of stand-up comedy is more rehearsed. Like I have a couple things that um, turn into crowd work, but it's very, it's very measured. Like. I have one thing where I sometimes will ask men in the audience if they know what a diva cup is, and I have them guess, but that's very concentrated, you know, and that's one of my favorite things to do, though. So I do think if you have, like, a fun crowd work question, it can be fun, but I don't like just going, you know, what do you do? That's stupid, you know, because it works. Like, it'll always get a laugh, but when you do engineer, that's gay, you know, like, it's easy, but but it is it is, um, it is fun to do an all crowd work show because I do think the audience is like is there is there for that yeah, and so yeah. it's pretty good vibes in the room yeah, yeah yeah. but yeah yeah that was a fun
0: show and had you since you have done this show before I, I saw two or three last year of, Sur- of the surroundings and I I uh, Last night's was my second one to watch, and I hadn't seen anybody do what you did. Of oh, the crushing? yeah, and the texting yeah. thing. So I
1: did that on my first surrounded too. I asked if anybody in the room has a crush on anybody, and then I try to collectively as a room create a little a uh-huh. spicy little text. Look at them. you being creative. <laughs> I well, I love crushes. I love. Yeah. And I'm, I'm in like a long term relationship, so I don't really get to engage with crushes yeah. very much. And so if my friend ever has a crush or like yeah. the audience has a crush, I love to hear. About it, yeah. and I love to hear, like, you know, a little story like, how did you know you had a crush on them? Uh, Do they like yeah. you too? What's yeah. the background? Yeah. Was it a, and it's always, I mean, the two times I've now done it, it's somebody has a crush on somebody that they're in a band with. Really? And I'm like, musicians are such perverts, like just <laughs> they're just trying to meet each other. It's yeah, so funny, for sure. But one thing that I was really glad to find out is, like, I've always complained about men playing guitar, I find it disgusting when men want to play guitar. <laughs> And then I thought that that was just a me thing, but then I brought it up and I was seeing a lot of women's heads nodding, and I was like, I had a realization that I think I, I hate when a man is like playing guitar and it's just the two of you and you have to just watch and listen. Because it's like right, is it? Yeah. It's like what are you supposed to be doing? And so I now realize that it's a tactic to try to get them to hook up because because if you're so uncomfortable, you're like just take me so that we don't have to do this anymore. <laughs> And so now that I know that everybody's uncomfortable, I Uh think that I hate guitar players even more because of their their strategies.
0: I think we might call this episode Hot Takes by Sophie. Yeah, yeah. I I throw out a lot of
1: accusations on the record.
0: I noticed, I think, that you haven't put out an Obsessed in a while. Is it because
1: you're touring across the country you're too busy? Yes, but <laughs> I do. I do really want to get back into it. I love podcasting, I find it so fun. And then I also have a lot to say. And so I think that, you know, being. A, usually the only time I get to say stuff to people is if I have, you know, tight jokes written around it. Yeah. It's very. You know, you have to have like you have to have twists and turns, but in yeah. podcasts if you have something to say you kind of have the time to really get into it and yeah. talk about the nuance and I, I like the very long form of it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So what do we need to do to push you down? <laughs>
1: Good question. Well, we can't I mean,
0: make you stop turning because that's your. Well, I think that one part of it
1: is—is is I wanted to start filming them too, and oh, I don't really yeah. know who to ask, and if it, and do I have to set up the filming in, and then I have yeah. to get somebody to clip it, and it just seems like a lot of extra. But I should just keep doing the audio because it's pretty. It's yeah. you know, I know how to do that. Yeah. But it's just I get the idea of doing something bigger in my head, and then it's—I don't know how to do it, and then, so I just do nothing. The ADHD thing? <laughs> well, and it's
0: uh, if you're facing something that looks, seems like a big mountain like oh I'm just I'm just gonna walk this way as opposed to thinking oh if I could just break it down or more if, gradual
1: yeah, yeah that's true I think I just I've seen people do the video podcast and it's not good quality and I'd rather oh, not even watch that and so yeah. I want it to look good as well right But I don't know I don't want to buy a camera so I don't even know <laughs> I mean, yeah I should, that's why this is still audio only well I have the it's, same thing is that a zoom yeah, yeah 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 it's just like yeah. so easy so portable right
0: right yeah. the only thing that's annoying is you know putting post-COVID. People say, oh, it's a Zoom show. Well, oh, is yeah, that like the, <laughs> yeah, the video meeting versus, no, it's it's a recorder. Zoom, a Zoom recorder.
1: Yeah, true. <laughs> I know. It's it's crazy, that two of the biggest things. Because I, I did podcasting so consistently through the pandemic. Yeah. Because it was, like, the best. I did a lot of podcasting and I did a lot of, like, TV writing stuff. Because it made sense. It's like, you have creative energy and you're just at home and you can funnel it into this. Yeah. Then as soon as the pandemic sort of ended or I was able to tour again, as soon as I have a creative thought, it just gets slotted right into sure. stand-up. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It's
0: It's been your, your career now, like, for yeah, a like long, long time. 14 years or something, <laughs>
1: 13 years. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so tell me what's going on with the special. Oh, I mean, that's a bit of a whole thing. Like, that... Yeah. Did you, like, regarding the, the drama? Well,
0: no, no. Oh, okay, no.
1: because there's drama. Oh, no, okay. So, the crepe special, you know, we filmed it during the pandemic, yeah. and then it came out, and then it was good for, like, a while, you know, for, like, six or eight months or something, and then I got in trouble for a joke, and it got taken down.
0: Oh!
1: Yeah, is that what you're asking? No, about? You I didn't, didn't know that. It? So, I got in trouble for a joke from it, because, do you, do you know what residential schools are? Yes. Yeah, it's like yes. a really, a really terrible thing that the Catholic Church did to Indigenous people in Canada, right. Right. and it's these schools, and they, you know, took away their their names, and took away their culture, and were very physically abusive, and a lot of kids died at these schools. Yeah. And so I had a joke pointing out that it is very, like not against the Indigenous people at all. Like, I have no interest in yeah. making fun of them, and so I had a joke pointing out that it's hypocritical of the Catholic Church to be against abortion considering how many children they've killed, right, at these schools. And so that's pointed in the right direction, I figured. But it wasn't Catholic people that were upset. It was was Indigenous people that were upset with me for referencing residential schools, period. Period. Yeah, and um, I had a very difficult... I didn't really know how to handle it because it was like... I didn't want to apologize for making fun of the Catholic Church, because that's probably something that I'll do again. And I do understand that it's like, you don't want me to be the face of your issue, That we're, you know, I'm white, I haven't, I don't have a direct, you know, contact with it. But I, I yeah, I, I wasn't really sure how to handle it, but they got a lot of emails, so they took the whole special down. Yeah, and so, the thing is, I got a lot of messages from Indigenous people that liked that I was talking about it. And there was, like, a couple of Canadian Indigenous comics that were, like, like really, really glad that I was talking about it. They're like, how are we supposed to get our issue further out there unless people outside of our circle can, can support us, no. right? But I was, like, looking into it, and a lot of comics have gotten in trouble for, for referencing stuff like that. So I think it's just, like, too too tender of a... Of a subject to even be referenced, and that you know, honestly, that's fine. Now I know. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't like. I did. Yeah, I just I understood them taking it down. I understand people being upset. I just had never had like a. I've never had people upset at a joke that was not making fun of them. Yeah. Because if it was Catholic people that were upset, I'd be like, oh well, good. Well, that's what the joke was yeah. was intended for. And so I'd understand that. So that that way, that was a, a way that it was very confusing. And it was like I was getting a lot of like death threats and stuff as well. So that was a bit stressful because you're also like, you know, my location is always out there. Because yeah. I'm on the road and I'm going to be on stage alone in the light and I can't see anybody. So there was like a week or two that I was like pretty nervous. But I still was doing shows and stuff because I was also kind of like... It, it, I think it was like a quite a trauma response because it's like you hear this very traumatic subject and you, you respond, but I think that if after sitting with it, you would be like, I don't think that I'm gonna kill this person because you know it, it was triggering, but it's not, it's not worth going and like hurting somebody physically that maybe you know was insensitive or like whatever whatever your deepest anger to me were I don't think that it that would warrant showing up at a show and and doing something yeah so that was very dramatic for me (laughs) so as a comic if
0: you you know I don't know uh, how much of the entire special this segment represented was there a part of you that was thinking well can we just take that
1: part out well that was the that's what they said they were doing. It was like it's pretty it is pretty short. Like that part of the joke is like maybe a minute or under, or under a minute and then also another part of like the the feedback from it it was like somebody had edited like 9 seconds of it and put it online oh, and so it was without context. context exactly and so that 9 second clip was Isn't what it? was getting oh, shared around and God. so people were even from the 9 second clip you can tell what I'm saying Like you can tell that I'm making fun of the Catholic Church but I think in the context that it was being posted people were like oh surely whatever she said around it was worse so the box,
0: the Pandora's box has already been yeah, opened and Yeah, came. exactly.
1: But I'm also just so used to, like, I am an edgy comic. Yeah. And, you know, There's I can cool. tell in the room if, you know people pull back or whatever but I'm not going to do a joke that's not doing well and that joke does do well in the room because people have the full context and and sort of like when a comic does an edgy joke you're doing a gut check with yourself right you're like does this person mean harm like you can kind of tell where people are coming from and I think in the room people understand exactly what I'm saying and they pick up on my vibe but because this is through the TV through a streaming service like there's so many there's so many barriers between me and who's watching it, yeah. which is kind of new for me, because like I don't even post that much stuff online, so yeah. I'm so used to only having contact with whoever's in the actual room with me. Mm-hmm. And then I'm sure a lot of people also saw it that are not even fans of stand-up comedy, so we would yeah. never have crossed paths had it not been right. through this thing. Yeah. But yeah, they, no, they took it down to edit that part of the joke out. I don't think they put the special back up ever, yeah. but maybe they did. Yeah.
0: Like, so after the sting of all this drama happens, do you, did you find yourself thinking, oh, I have to change my way of writing? Or no. I have to, you
1: know, be yeah, more no. careful? No, I didn't. And I, I maybe that it would have been the correct um, takeaway, but for me, for me, it was really just like, I now have to be aware that a couple seconds of whatever I put out, might be put up, and I just have to sort of hope that the people that care enough, either as fans or care enough that are angry, will look into it to see the full context, yeah. because stand-up is quite a long form, like we are talking about podcasts being long form, stand-up is quite long form, you know, like you're watching someone talk for an hour about a lot of things, which would lead you to have a more accurate gut sure. check on a certain joke, and so I think I just now am aware that a couple seconds of a thing can be, can be put out there. And I have confidence that anybody that was a fan a fan of me or edgy stand-up or whatever that is um, gets what I'm doing. And then people that are not fans that see that, that get upset... Um, I don't know, I don't even know what my hope is for them because it's just like, if you're on the internet probably things are going to trigger you and so, I don't know I don't know, I, I, I did think about it a lot and I just sort of realize that people that are not fans are going to see my work, which is something that I never really thought about before. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's also, it's also when you're kind of on the up and up, the only people you really interact with are people that are like huge fans that are like, oh, I can't wait until bigger things happen yeah. for you. Yeah. And so you're so in that bubble. And then when you break out of that a little bit, you get a cre- you get a special on like a streaming service or something, yeah. then a lot more people are going to see you. And so you are going to get some more fans that are also so excited we're also going to get a huge group of people that are now aware of you and are like oh she got this big thing like how yeah. which is like I had never had that group exist before yeah. Uh, breaking news:
0: When yeah. you were on uh, the late night show, the, the sh- uh, late night Jimmy Fallon, whatever, yeah. uh, there were a lot of people watching who are not, you know, comedy people. So yeah, it's going to happen more and more. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and I, you know that's that's such a uh, it's a hard must be a hard thing to grapple with, where you know that your intent is is good and not malicious. And to have things twisted around and, like, and you cannot go and knock on everybody's door and say, but no. this is what I meant.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And so, yeah, just, just sitting with being misunderstood is, yeah. is what's, yeah. I think the core difficulty is just knowing there are yeah. people out there that misunderstood your intention yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But that's just part of life, I think, and it's also a good sign because it means that you're getting more eyes on you. Yeah. So that's going to be people that like you and people that don't like you, so... <laughs> I'm fine. Like, I didn't I didn't lose any work. I got, like, the, the hard part was all the death threats, obviously. <laughs> but also, I when this was happening, I was in New York doing shows. And every New York comic has a, a story of getting canceled and getting death threats. And so it was kind of a nice time. Because it's like, you don't hear about other people's things. And so while this was happening, I was really stressed out. And everybody was telling me their story. And for, like, male comics, a lot of it is, like you know more serious stuff and then a lot of my female comic friends it was just like yeah I did a tweet making fun of Harry Styles and his fans came for me and dag up all my old tweets and this and that and so and so I do think that a big part of it is just being a woman on the internet it's like people are gonna be angry at you and then being a comedian sort of period like joking about anything like the fact like for us to say something in public out loud it's in the format of a joke that's our job is to talk in jokes And so if we're talking about something serious, people are going to be like, you shouldn't joke about that. But it's like, that's the only way I can talk about that. So I'm I'm just, I have a lot of different guns pointed at me for being a woman that's talking out of turn, for being a a comedian that likes to talk about serious things. Like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of heat on that. And so I'm fine with that. I think I'm just going to keep on, keep on doing what I'm doing.
0: So is there another special that you're, you're, you're planning for yourself.
1: Yeah, yeah. I have I have my hour now that I really want to shop around. Yeah. and so we're just sort of figuring out where, where that should live. Yeah, cool. Yeah, cool. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, continued uh, thanks to Bruce who you know introduced us. Yeah, so. yes, totally. <laughs> and now you and I can write you know privately. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> when you want an, another interview. <laughs> you yeah, can do that. But, but I have
1: some. So I good. have like a Comedy Central thing coming out in Very June. Exciting. Uh, which is like a 10 or 12 minutes and I'm doing a don't tell taping in the summer as well so I have a bunch of things floating around and so we'll see which of those jokes get me in trouble next (laughs) (laughs) they did take out one from the comedy central one they did they they, they did tell me they had to take one out they said legal was standing firm oh wow okay Yeah. yeah
0: And was it, without divulging, like, what it was, is it along those, I mean, is it another one of those where, uh,
1: it is. It is. I, uh, yeah.
0: Oh, well, yeah. but no. But
1: it's it's a it's in a way where like I like when everybody's uncomfortable. So it's like where I stand politically. You know, I don't want the people that are aligned with me politically to be comfortable either. I want everyone to leave with feeling a bit like I'm not on their side. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but your personality is so nice and disarming. <laughs> but but I I really I really don't believe in like black and white thinking. And so I think a big part of Especially a big part of being sort of a political comic is not just being on my team. Because I really I really dislike that about about a lot of political conversations. It's just like, well whatever my guy says, I'm gonna stand with him. I like to take each thing as it comes and and think about it. And so that's gonna make you know everybody upset.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm still gonna be on your team, so I'm gonna be on your team too. Okay, so new special, you've got a Comedy Central thing coming up. Uh, what else? What else is coming up besides the 100,000 touring dates?
1: Yeah, 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 tons of tour dates, Comedy Central, my Don't Tell taping. Um, I have another season of Roast Battles Canada coming out. I just had a, my gala from Just Relapse the past summer come out. I'm going to keep doing my podcast <laughs> at some point. <laughs> and. Um, yeah, I think that there's more too, but that, that yeah. those are my those are my highlights.
0: Yeah. Is there a random topic that you want to talk about? What are you currently obsessed with? I'm gonna I'm gonna turn the tables on on you, and I I think
1: yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. You want to t- okay, well that is one thing. So one thing is, I mean, the, I don't even want to de- vault because it, it is like you know. Yeah, I do not have want a pretty good t- I do have a pretty good vault, so I've been really <laughs> into buying vintage cycling oh shirts, God. like like. Um, Kind of this spandexy with like interesting graphics on yeah. it because you know it's nice, it's breathable, it's fashion, it's different. Yeah. You know, you can do zip if you want to have cleavage or not. <laughs> you know, it's like whatever you feel like. And it's like instead of like a graphic tee or something, I really yeah. like it. You put a little jacket, it's like because if you do plain all around it, it really pops too. Yeah. No but my actual obsession that I want to talk about is the chat- GPT. Oh have you guys yeah, now, pl- no, I d- yeah, no, I've
0: messed with it. Yeah. Okay, what have you messed around with it? So, that uh, mm,
1: you know, talk about airing I out. I knew things. my <laughs> dork forest early because I've been talking about Chat GPT to everybody, and nobody else has played around with it. So this is yeah. really exciting. So,
0: we have dabbled with running one of our episodes through Chat GPT to see what does it come up with. And it's very evident that it is just not a human voice at all, uh, and oh, that's to one of the a, things. Do an episode, well, oh. because every recording that we do, we write an article to go along with it, and you know, I think it really does come through. I don't know if anybody reads the articles, but it does come through that this is a human voice. They were. Impacted or, or affected in some way by listening to the podcast episode, and the writer is conveying that. And ChatGPT cannot do that. Okay. Okay. So. Cool.
1: That's really interesting. And so you put in the you put in the words for mm-hmm. it, and then what command did you give it? Like make another episode or summarize? Yes. Summarize. Okay. The, cool. Well, I don't know which one. Like like chat like the I don't know. It if wasn't it's the, the new, latest one. Because the newest one is insane. Yeah. Like I, I haven't. It's you have to pay to use it. So oh, I've okay. mostly been like like reading about it and listening to podcasts about it. Yeah. But it's already changed everything. Like like English teachers at school Oh yeah. Can no longer have kids go and do an essay, and it's going to be like this this new battle between yeah. between so many industries and this program. Yeah. And so I saw one really interesting. Teacher talking about what he's gonna do is say he needs all the all the kids to do um, you know an essay about civil rights in in this book that there is one of the mandated reading. He said he's gonna put that into ChatGPT and he's gonna get it. He's gonna be like, write me six essays in different voices about this and this. Oh. He's gonna print them all out for the kids and be like this is a d so you have to do something better than what the base chat gpt essay is yeah and i think that that's either going to really up everybody's thing or Somebody's gonna figure out a prompt to put those in and yeah. be like, write something better than this, like, yeah. because it's like can take edits and stuff, and so it's like it's so hard to know exactly how to balance it out. Yeah, the
0: person behind our website who does you know the staging and, and whatever, he's a hardcore programmer. Yeah, and I think he has the paid version, and he wanted to run through an episode and say write the article in a sarcastic voice yeah you can do different voices and yeah exactly he was, uh, he was impressed with what came out
1: no that's that's kind of the the best use of it is if you have a specific prompt for it yeah. like if you if you punch in write a stand-up joke about paintings it's going to come up with something kind of bland yeah. but if you say write a stand-up joke about paintings in the voice of George Carlin oh. with an idea about this it's going to come up with something really close wow. and so one of the things that people are really advising people that use it regularly to do is to have whatever your goal is in mind and then ask chat gpt what's the best way to ask you oh. to produce the best result for wow. me and then it tells you the wording that'll make it give you the best thing wow. like it is so advanced it's 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 like going to change everything yeah.
0: And my son's in high school and he's he's dealing with that too. He knows he's got classmates that yeah. are running it through. And he, he did have an essay. He's very transparent with me. So he told me, yeah, I, I ran uh, an essay homework assignment through yeah. Chad GPT. And I think he edited it, but he did use it. And I'm like, please don't do that. You know, I haven't yeah. been writing however many articles and writing for our local paper. You know to have a machine created but totally I totally mean. well my,
1: my boyfriend's nephew said the same thing like he said that he and a bunch of people at school do that there's a really funny um, there's a new season of South Park out yeah. I don't know if you watch South Park ever um, but the little boys in it all have little girlfriends uh-huh. at school, and they're using ChatGPT to answer the girls' text messages, <laughs> and so you see the girls, like, so happy texting, being like, oh I never God. I can't believe you just always say the right thing, like, I finally have someone to talk to, yeah. and all this stuff, and then the ChatGPT knows exactly how to answer, uh-huh. and then they're in person together, and then she's like... I can't, I can't believe that the same thing happened to you with your uncle. And then he's like, uh, 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 Because no. he just like, wasn't even reading it. was just wiping it off. Oh my gosh. And so, yeah, I, I thought that that was a really funny take on it. Yeah. But it, is, it really is so... And there's so many different things that it can do, too. Like, a lot of programmers have been using it. It can write code really well, apparently. And another thing that I thought was insane was uh, lawyers were using it because you can put in certain judges' past rulings and your case, and it can point out what the judge clearly favors in rulings from all of its past history. And so, I always see in, like, cop shows and stuff, like, you're like, oh, we got this judge, they were into that thing. This can measure it down to, like, such a more precise argument. But the only thing about it is it doesn't necessarily um, need to be truthful. And so, if it's told to write an autobiography or a historical thing or this or that, yeah. it'll just change facts if it's more convenient for it. And like, you can—that's problem. The thing is, you can read through it and then be like, "That's not true." Edit that part of it and then go through it. But it—but you know, that's the, that's it sort of thing that it still exists. So it's not writing news articles and, and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, But that's my real obsession. Yeah. 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 Um.
0: <laughs> well, the same Richard that I was talking about he ran he must have run through one of our podcast episodes and given whatever this app was a script to mm-hmm. say or maybe come up with a random
1: saying and had my voice saying random things well the voice, the voice thing is pretty good like i just heard they're doing a lot of song reboots like having a singer sing on different songs oh and so i just heard kanye west singing adele someone like you <laughs> and it sounds so good like it literally sounds so good oh my
0: God. Okay. Yeah. And so,
1: and then the, uh, the one other thing that's like so amazing about it is even even my silly because I watch a lot of like like YouTube makeup you know outfit you know diet yeah. girls like that are just very you know I have my little tech nerd side of me and then I have my basic girls you know suburban yeah. side and so there's this girl I follow because she makes like, gluten free recipes and I have a, I'm allergic to gluten and so I really like yeah. having new ideas for that. And she said that you can just put into Chat GPT, give me a meal plan for a month with shopping lists, with like nutritional info. And it'll just give you every meal you want that day with snacks, with shopping lists. It factors in when you're going to have leftovers, so it puts that in the next day. Like, oh my God. And then you can look and you'll be like, I don't really like tuna. And you say, I don't like tuna. And then it, sh- it just that immediate like, like it immediately. It's basically going to be a personal assistant Assistance, yeah. to all of us. And the question is really going to be like, how many industries are fully going to collapse. Yeah. But... You know, there is the human element of it, where it's like if you could afford to have a dietitian, you probably would prefer to just, you know, have somebody yeah. in person go through it with you. But maybe but that's, not. That's another. Maybe side the of next. It maybe the next generation won't prefer that. Yeah. Like, because I, I, my friend was just telling me that that COVID babies are just gonna have messed up eyesight their whole life because they had so much more iPad time than other kids at yeah. that age. And so maybe this generation of like. That, that is way because I, I grew up with technology and yeah. stuff but i it's way more extreme younger than me yeah and so maybe they truly won't prefer having having human contact yeah and yeah it is crazy and it's like it's it's hard to hard to even fathom but like people were talking about you know the i, th- I think it's third place the concept of like third place where it's like we all have home and we all have work And we've sort of lost the element of a third place to be like it used to be like the local pub or the park or whatever. But most people don't have a third place that's not work from home to socialize. And from the pandemic, a lot of people even lost work as a place because so many people are working from home. You're at home at home. And then you also do so much socializing online that even your socializing is at home. And so every place has sort of become just technology and so I think even we're in danger of not preferring human contact to that because it's more comfortable and it is more nerve wracking to be around other people whether you're extroverted or introverted like everybody has like you know oh I said this weird thing whereas if you're just talking online you, you know you can edit or or use chat GPT or whatever you want right. And so, and so, it is. It is going to be like a pretty existential question for us, on as a society, on how we're going to handle this.
0: Yeah, you you wonder, because you know, there's there's always extremes it seems in society, and we've been on such this rapid technological advancement phase. Is this the thing that's going to, you know, yeah. pull everybody back and say, oh, can we? Can we connect as
1: humans, please? I know, and like all of our all of our biology is to try to be around other people, and but we've yeah. fought so hard against our biology because we're smart beings, and yeah. so we don't have to walk anymore. We can drive places. Yeah. We don't have to cook for ourselves. Food is already ready. Like there's all these things yeah. that we've we've eliminated biologically from ourselves. Yeah. And so we're really banking a lot on just the the biological urge to be around other people. Yeah. My goodness. You are obsessed. I know, I know. And it's so morbid. I should give you the audio,
0: and this could be the relaunch. Yeah.
1: First. Like in addition to doing an article, we should have a click-through alternate that the <gasps> chat GPT Oh, will. oh I love and we, that we idea. we will do the article first, so it it can't be faked. Yeah. yeah. We have to do our own first, and then oh. and then we'll compare and see like what came through. It. Yeah. yeah, would you be on board with that? I love that idea. Oh I love my it. God. I, yeah, maybe put it maybe put a couple and people can vote which one they oh. think is real. Oh my god. That gosh. could be really fun. That so, would be
0: fun. Yeah. That would be so fun. Well, you have given us so much time uh, today. Uh, is there anything
1: else we haven't talked about that you wanna No, yeah, I feel like I really got a lot <laughs> off my chest there. You, you really did <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I mean, you can't ask a comedian, like, just you can't just give me the floor. Like, I'm going to run with someone. <laughs> well, I know
0: this may be shocking, but some comedians are not an open book. And not, you know, they are they have to be...
1: Nobody in my family will talk this long about this with me, so I'm
0: very relieved.
1: That's why I started a podcast. Nobody, I don't have siblings. Nobody will talk to me.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. I need, next time we sit together, I'm going to bring my son, because the two of you... No the only way. child.
1: This is like maybe not a nice thing to say on the record. This may come back to bite me, but the connection I have with teenage boys is just <laughs> so deep. Like we have the same exact interest. You're just take a nap soundbite. Oh my yeah. Sound this nine is my seconds. New, this is my new nine. I know. I just talk <laughs> in sound bites. It's terrible. But my, like me and my my boyfriend's nephew, who's like fifteen or sixteen, uh, we're so on the same page with everything. My boyfriend is saying funny. it's weird that we just have our exactly yeah. like the same music, like. <laughs> I'm just a teenage boy, I think. Okay, Sophie,
0: uh, last year and this year, I asked uh, for one word to describe your future. What is today's word? Enlightened.
1: Enlightened. Set myself up for that one. Uh,
0: (laughs) Are you curious what you said last year? Yes, I am. All
1: right.
0: Drum roll, please. Your past was comedy. Comedy. Your future
1: money. Money. <laughs> I still wish it was money. <laughs> and I could tell you my last year's prediction was wrong. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, there is no guarantee on this podcast on your future word coming. <laughs> that is a I, I make sign people sign a contract that uh, <laughs> I have no control over Amazing. that.
1: <laughs> Amazing. Well, it's so, it's so great to sit down yeah, with you again. Yes, yes.
0: Okay, so that is a wrap on Comedy Wear Presents. Uh, for the third official time, Sophie Buttle. Mm-hmm. Sophie, tell us where people can find you on social media and your upcoming projects.
1: Yes, I am um, Sophie Buttle, B-U-D-D-L-E, on Twitter and TikTok, and on Instagram, Sophie Buttle. And uh,
0: stay tuned for those upcoming specials to come out. We're Comedy Central, and The Don't Tell. Yeah. Right? Okay. We hope you've enjoyed learning about how Sophie got to be the comedic genius that you heard today just as much as I had. Truly, truly obsessed (laughs) with uh, ChatGPT. This has been Comedy Man Presents Sophie Buttle. I'm Valerie, and that's been funny. Thank you, Sophie. Thank you.